0: real life podcast we're back i know it's been about a couple of weeks since uh we dropped something but i'm very blessed right now to introduce our guest that's going to be with us today this This is lucky luciano name of this is hands and feet because that's what we are right the hands and feet of jesus on the earth Pastor Campbell in here.
1: Yeah? <laughs> <That's> awesome.
0: <laughs> that was nerve wracking.
1: Uh, I'll
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I> only <laughs> do it. I have him in here. I forgot the name of his book, Pastor. Oh. So I was like, yeah, I'd like to talk about your book. Uh, he's like, Deliverance to Dominion. I'm like, yeah, yeah that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pastor
0: Rosario was uh, sitting right over there. He's like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay, man. So, amen. Real Light Podcast, man. We are back. I'm glad to, uh, to see that God is at moving in the church. Uh, if uh, any of you don't know, if you're a first-time uh, subscriber, if you just subscribe, perhaps you're just watching, you know, just out of nowhere, you've seen uh, the subject matter on the headline and you, you were interested, you, you tapped into it. And um, I just want to say, man, that Jesus loves you. We're with the uh, Potters House Christian Fellowship Church in Colleen, Texas uh and we love jesus and we love we love us some people man so i pray that you get blessed by this but uh without further ado i want to introduce uh a pastor here currently pastoring in McAllen, texas right
1: correct for the last 10 years
0: for the last 10 years wow man so uh this is pastor gutierrez um he has a a very powerful testimony um yeah, uh, uh, you actually uh, promote your testimony quite a bit, right, to to try to make an impact in people's lives. But I've noticed that when you came in for this revival, that uh, you came in with more preaching than anything. And um, can I ask why?
1: Um, well, that's the pastoring side. You know, usually when I do the Twice Dead revival um, is, uh, you know, where you can say kind of like my ministry took off when I started uh, the twice dead revivals and so now that I'm a pastor you know I've been pastoring for 10 years um that side of my ministry has developed uh, a little more you know and so um when I came into this revival pastor Rosario asked you know hey I'd like for you to come in as a pastor not not an evangelist so right. that's that's the main reason you know I'm I'm ministering a little bit more on on the pastor side than the evangelist
0: and you know what I'm, i i, I kind of like that i'm going to tell you why because um i think it's important for us to know uh that there's so much more to offer mm. you know coming from the word of god don't get me wrong now the test testimony is awesome and it's powerful and it makes impact no doubt but when it comes to the word of god right and you when you when you when you get the mind of god and, and you, you get these sermons either that they were already written or you've just written them it doesn't matter god says you know what uh, like the first day you, you dealt with rejection, right? Mm. So it's, it's pretty amazing that you came with that because, um, you really touched my wife's heart with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, just last night, you know, she was sharing with me how, you know, that, that, that message actually had a very uh, profound impact in her, in her life. Right. And I was like, wow, man, well, amen to that. So, so I just want to ask when you, when you put together these messages, right, and you give uh, testimonies about about uh, your life, what is your like? Can you describe to the to the viewers like how do you know that you're actually preaching the right sermon? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know you mentioned that you got a confirmation coming in, yeah. right? That uh, brother told you something about the givers. You know that the most uh, uh what is it said that uh, the most humble uh people the
1: people that have been rejected the most are blessed the most is what okay, is what that's he it. said yeah that's it yeah <clears throat> um i guess for me I, I try to gauge the service by visitors um, because people are intrigued by the the fact that i died twice and uh and uh, and so if i see that there's <clears throat> you know 15 20 visitors, you know, then I'm going to probably switch hats. Right. You know how they say, right. I'm going to put my evangelistic hat on and uh, my twice dead hat on mm-hmm. and uh, begin to try to minister to them. Right. And there has been visitors every single service. And so, um so like Sunday morning, for instance, you know, it's usually when you get your most visitors, Uh, but I wanted to kind of minister to the older saints also. So I threw in a little bit, you know, uh, how they say I peppered a little bit of my testimony in there, but also dealt with the broader side of rejection and how it'll minister to older saints. And so, and then, you know, Sunday night and these other nights I'm, I'm praying it through. I'm asking God, God, what do you want to say to these people? Where, where, you know, it's an older church, it's 30 plus years old. And, uh, and they've heard, this is probably my sixth, seventh revival here. So wow. they've already heard my, seen my arm, my testimonies, all that stuff. So I'm trying to just be, uh, you know, uh, sensitive to right. what's happening. Not every revival is the same. You can have revivals where no visitors come. Right. And then you can have revivals where visitors come. And then you can have revivals where the saints are beat up and tired. And they want to hear some encouraging message, which is what I tried to do last night i mean that to me it doesn't look like anybody's beat up but right. i i know a church that is this old you know yeah. saints are faithful especially the way they serve here in killeen right. very faithful very um you know uh, uh dedicated people and so right. it's just human nature to get tired you know And so i felt last night i wanted to minister a little bit to them
0: you know i i you ministered that word at, and my wife was in nursery mm. and i was thinking man this was the message for her. But luckily we recorded it, uh, uh, you know, we record the messages and she'll be able to uh, take a look at it then. But so you mentioned how the, the saints sometimes get tired. I just wanted to ask when you first got saved, uh, cause I know when I first got saved, um, you know, I was in prison, you know what I'm saying? It was a, I was already my third time down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, estaba cansado, man. I was tired already, man. So I was like, you know what, man? Uh, I've had enough, you know, so, but I remember when I first got saved, there was some things, man, that I felt like I was never going to get past, man. Like pride, you know what I mean? For one, you know, uh, people, you know, people like us growing up on the street, man, you know, we got to put this on because you can't show anything else. It's weakness and they'll prey on that. You know what I mean? So you got to keep it on at all times. So what were some of the things that you encountered early on when you first got saved? That you felt were were uh, were big obstacles for you mm-hmm. to get over.
1: My my thing was was that for sure the pride you know because like you said, you always assume somebody wants to take advantage of you or 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 wants something from you. Um, but I think my biggest obstacle um, when I first came into the church was that I didn't know how to be sociable. You know, And I just took everything personable uh, personal right. my entire life existed of me and my family and uh, you know maybe one or two friends I, I didn't know how to it was easy to connect with them because I knew them right you know but when you come into church you don't know anybody and you're, you're in a room with somebody who's wearing a suit right. and uh and you know and they're talking to you and you're like whoa the only guys I saw with suits was when I was locked up you right, know right. or and I was in trouble, you Detectives. know, and so, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, so it just, it took, it, it took a while for me, you know, to understand that these people cared for me. Right. And uh, they had interest uh, in me, not cause I had anything to offer to them, right. you know, but because, you know, they, I was a soul. Right. And, uh, and, but that was definitely one of the main obstacles, you know, not to mention all the other, you know, not ever having a real relationship. So you get married and now you gotta work that, you know, uh, not ever being a real father, you know, and so now you gotta figure out how to do it, uh, you know, and so not ever having anybody, uh, you know, uh, be over you, you know, so now you have a pastor. There's so many things that somebody that comes from the street uh, has to adapt to. Not only that, when I came into my pastor's church, there wasn't anybody like me there, you know? I mean, they were military people. They were, they looked well to do, but you know, a few guys came in afterwards, you know, like Tony Gutierrez and Rito and Ruben, these guys. But I think I was, when I first got there, there wasn't a whole lot of street people there, you know? And so I really felt odd. I really felt like I didn't belong there, but God knew exactly what I needed. He put me in a church with a pastor that was going to challenge me and uh, that was going to show me everything that I was robbed from in life. Amen. Yeah,
0: you mentioned something during the uh, the altar call. You know how how God wants to restore that that sense of purpose and the dignity, right? Mm. That really hit home because that that when I look at our fellowship, when I first came to this fellowship, I thought it was the most I can't lie, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world mm. because I come in and I'm hearing Pastor Rosario preach, right? And, you know, uh, that Potter's House, uh, they got that Potter's House, uh, that swag, right? The that style of preaching. And I'm like, man, this is a little bit too theatric for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> these people over here are a little bit too friendly. You know, uh, Pastor Mario invites me to his house out of nowhere, and I'm like.
1: Yeah, complete stranger.
0: Bro, let me go back to the house first and go pick up this thing real quick and i'll be over there because i don't trust you bro like you you don't even know me and you're taking me to your house am i got i i know when you said that you, you he put you in a church with with oh, these these guys with all these suits and ties and all that and you felt out of place but when you said that during your altar call i remember that that's what god was trying to restore back to me mm. He's like, look, I want you to take off that that old set of clothes you got there, and I want you to put on some dignity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put on some good pants. Put on a good tie. And it's a it's a it's a thing for ministry, but it's way 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 more than that, yeah, right? For
1: sure. Yeah, I had a friend. Um, you know, we're going to a men's class, and he was kind of dressed real comfortable, right. and I had a a tie on. You know, this is just last year, and uh, and he tells me. Um, we're going to a men's class, dude, relax a little bit. And I said, you know, I I like dressing up, you know? Right. I didn't dress, I didn't grow up in church, you yeah. know, which, you know, uh, he was a church kid, right. you know? So they grew up their whole life having to wear a tie. Right. I grew up my whole life never even knowing what a tie was. Real. So to me, it's like, I have a different view. I'm not doing it to play a part. I I, I love it, I love to dress up for like you said, man, put on a nice tie, Yeah. you know, and, and it does give you a sense of dignity, you know, that, you know what, man, I have, uh, my identities in Christ in right. the body of Christ, you know? And so I, I, I like it, you know, I don't, I don't tend to look at what everybody else is doing. Right. I like, um, you know, some people, you know, don't dress up. Some people do, uh, you know, I'm, I, I like to have my own, right. you know, thoughts in that area. Well, you know what? I, I don't like it yeah <laughs> pastor i'm sorry i love you i know, most, you know you know most people feel like you man <laughs> i don't like it i don't
0: like it i don't like putting on all this yeah these layers of cl- i don't like it man i i don't yeah. like
1: wearing a tie I, <laughs> yeah I, we grew up with khaki shorts you know what i mean dickies dickies, and a muscle shirt but no I,
0: I just i i just don't uh it's to me it's a little bit much to put on but I, I've developed a taste over it over time. I can't mm-hmm. lie. But in the beginning stages of it, you know, I was like Pastor Rosario. Well, if you're gonna you gonna serve, you gotta you gotta put that tie on. I'm like, God, for real. I have to. The only way I can serve God is if I put a tie on. For real. He's like, Yeah. I'm yep. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man, let's do it, man. Whatever. So I, I I've grown accustomed to to you know looking presentable when you're in the house of God. But uh, I know one of the things that it gave me was. Um, it was taking me out of this box he i didn't realize what god was doing at the time but it, he's taking me out of this mentality right this that uh that i didn't know was kind of toxic at the time you know when you dress you know it's okay to dress it down and, and but if you're still dressing like you were 16 years old bro there's a problem bro you know what i'm saying you gotta eventually you gotta gravitate away from that and get to a place to where every now and again just you know throw you know throw a hat on or whatever but for the most part uh, you got to leave that for the chavalones you know what i mean you got to move forward but um you mentioned something in the men's d uh you know about you know these brothers that that uh that that want to get sent out right they're they're like eights. and you mentioned a lot of the time it's for the title right because there's a there's like this pride but you said that don't don't let the anointing take you to places where your character can't keep you Dude, that was, a, that was a very powerful uh, statement. Can you give us a little bit of insight of what that means?
1: Yeah, that's a, a statement I heard from Pastor Joe Campbell, you know, that he said years ago when I was a young disciple. Um, and and not not that a lot of guys want to get enough for the title, right? But every once in a while, you'll get that someone one, who thinks, man, this is, you know, what it's about. And, and it's really not, man, you know. And so um, it's important to put in the hard work. It's important to establish that relationship. If you're doing it for your pastor uh, or for man, then it's not gonna work. Yeah. You have to have that prayer life because when you get sent out, um, it's you, God, and your family, you know? And if you don't have that relationship already in place, you're not gonna do well. And the first person you get mad at is uh, is man, you know? Your pastor, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's his fault. He put you there. And, and, and so, you know, when you have a relationship with God and you know, whether you're going through a hard time, a good time, it, it, it's, it doesn't matter. It's the, you're doing the will of God and that's all that matters. You're just moving forward. So that's where you find out if you really have character or not. Right. That's when you find out if you really have a relationship, that's good, man. you know, so yeah, that's, that's what I meant by that
0: when when uh when i when i first asked pastor hey uh is there a need i want to serve now the first time i ever did that he was like okay let me pray about it and let me see where and then he tells me okay i got a need and i'm excited no because i'm ready you know Uh, he said i want want you to go to the sound room (laughs) you want me to do what you want me to in that little dark room in the back where I'm doing nothing at where all.
1: Nobody can see you. Like, man,
0: <laughs> come on, man. I'm like, is that the only need you have? Like, and he's like, that's where I need you, man. Can you do that for me? I'm like, let me pray about it. <laughs> he looks at yeah. me, pastors looking at me like pray about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, let me pray about it. You know, this is back before I, I understood, you know, you know, reverence and, and, and honor for your leadership. Now I got it. Now I can't believe I told him that, you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, what were you thinking? But I I remember he he put me in there and I didn't I I, I didn't agree with that decision I kind of I kind of felt like he was just throwing me to the curb you know mm-hmm. and he was putting me in the back so he don't have to deal with me because yeah. I was quite the knucklehead at the time still you know and I was like man I said como quiera all right let's go went back there and it wasn't till I was back there for about three months that I realized dude I'm a pretty unstable individual man because when you have to deal with a bunch of stuff back there and then Oscar is like disciplined, he's military, you know what I mean? So he's my leader back there, he, me trae puro pedo, always telling me, Hey, this, that this," And I'm like, I showed you this last week and hold on, bro. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> I learned a lot about myself, yeah. you know, and it goes back to that saying that you were saying, you know, I was ready to preach. I was ready to do all these things, man. But my character, because it wasn't developed yet. I, I would have collapsed it, man. Mm, I would have mm. collapsed under, under, under the, uh, the fits of rage under, uh, uh, the, uh, suspicious. I was always suspicious yeah, about. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Always, always.
0: Did, have you ever, have you ever dealt with that, man? Like, <sighs> like you were always suspicious, like, you know, people, you have to, oh man, these people don't like me or whatever they can't. Have you ever dealt with that before?
1: Yeah. And I, you know, it was my insecurities, you know, of, of my manhood, you know, um, in my, in my personal life. I mean, you couldn't stand the, across the room, two guys and then look my way and laugh because I would automatically assume you were laughing at me, yep. you know? And yep. So, and then now I had an issue with you, you know? And so, but it was all just going on in my head, right? you know? And so it, it was, it was an insecurity that I had uh, in my life. You know, I was very insecure. And, uh, and so anytime somebody spoke into me, what I was hearing was a personal attack. Hmm. Instead of constructive criticism, right. you know, someone who was trying to help me to develop into a leader, uh, you know, there in the local church or, or whatever, I took everything was personal, right. and so for me that was just, I was a very insecure man at the time, you know, and so because of it, I I was suspicious of everything, you know, I uh, I, I took everything personal, and then. I had these serious mind battles, you know, where I wanted to hurt people, right? And I look back now and man, they weren't they they weren't thinking like me for one. Right? <laughs> you know, they weren't raised like me. They weren't they you know, I look at my daughter today, my youngest daughter and um she has no idea, man. She 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 never battles the things that I battle. Right. You know, and so uh but I did have I did get over uh, uh, dominion over all, all that, you know, and so I'm, I'm able not to minister to men right. that struggle with insecurities, you know, and so they're very uh, driven by their emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they look at my life and they know where I come from. And uh, and they what, what I hear a lot, a lot of people say, even around the fellowship is, I think about mm-hmm. you a lot. And I think if God did it for him, he can do it for me, right. you know. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's important, you know, to understand that, wherever God has us, you know, and whatever ministry he's developing us, it's a process, you know, and, uh, as long as we keep growing, you know, if it feels uncomfortable, (laughs) then it's probably good. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I, I purposely put myself in uncomfortable places. You do that for yourself. I do that for myself. Yeah. So, um, because, um, there's not a whole, a whole lot of people that challenge me in life. You know, my pastor, my, my marriage, you know, my wife, they're not challenging me though. You know what I mean? But they're, they're my, you know, he's my leader, he's my pastor. Um, and so I have to, if I'm going to develop anymore, if I'm going to grow anymore, I have to purposely put myself into uncomfortable positions Mm -hmm. because we tend to only lean towards the things we've mastered in life and you don't grow like that. So if you want to keep growing, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions, whatever that may be, you know, uh, for everybody's different.
0: That's really, I'm glad that you said that because that's actually a good transition into this, um, this next little topic that I kind of, I kind of wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Pastor Rosario told you the theme of the year for us is, uh, the year of power, right? Uh, mm-hmm. miracles, signs, and wonders that, uh, these are the things that we would, uh, that we're going to pursue by faith in hopes that they manifest, right? When he first mentioned that, it took me back to a memory. When I was in prison, there was this, you know, there was this, wet old, this tall dude, you know what I'm saying? He was limping for like weeks. Big old, his knee was like a balloon. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I had compassion for him, man. And I'm like, so I called him over and I'm like, hey, bro, do you want, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Because I'll pray for you right now. And I'll do anything. You were in prison. I was in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I put my hands on this dude's knee, right, and I, I start praying in the name of Jesus and and claiming everything, all that. And I and I told him, "Okay, now, bro, walk it off, man." And he's in pain, bro. He's he's walking on it, and he's in pain, and nothing happens, bro. And I get mad. I'm like, God, he had faith, and so did I. What, what's going on here? You know what I mean? If your word is true, why isn't this dude walking right? You know what I mean? I prayed yeah. for him again, nada. And I'm like, man, what's going on here? Like I, I'm getting upset, you know what I mean? Because for the first time, mind you, the first time I stepped out to pray for this guy, nada pasó, nothing happened, man. And uh, it damaged my faith, brother. You yeah. know what I mean? I had I had the capability to preach and all this other stuff to, to, to bring salvation, all that. But it kinda made me shy away from healing So when pastor made that declaration about what kind of year he wanted this to be, it was almost as if God took me back to that memory instantly. And he Mm. showed me this right here. You remember this day? It's going to affect you when you come into the, you're going to believe God for these big things, but this is going to hinder you now. uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But everywhere I look around, Pastor, there's not a lot of healing and miracles and signs and wonders going on in the world, or at least here in the States, like real ones. You know what I mean? Like legit. And it just keeps on happening. There's not a constant flow of the power of God. And I just want to ask, why do you think that is?
1: Well, that's a pretty... uh a tough question there. You said you weren't going to ask me any tough questions. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're further along. Um, I You know, I think for me, in the beginning, when I would pray for people, it was for my pride, you know, to to say that, to glorify me. Mm. It wasn't to glorify God. I mean, wow. I can honestly tell you back then when I prayed for people, it was to, I wanted to show people that God was moving through me. And and so I had faith. If you have faith, then it's gonna happen. And when it didn't, God would put my pride in check. Wow. You know. And so today, <clears throat> you know, when you minister to people, you get real compassion, and real burden for people. Then, you know, you want God to move so He can be glorified in the situation, That's good. not so that you can people can go around saying, "Oh man, Roman prays for people, they get healed." That's you know. Good. And so God put me in check at a very early age in my Christian walk with God. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is we're getting further away from where we're living in the last days, you know? And so, um, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a last movement where God's going to move and we're going to begin to see all this right. happen, you know? And so there's been awakenings, you know? And so we're waiting the third awakening now that, that we believe where God's going to shake, uh, America and the earth. And, uh, and there's gonna be this outpouring uh, as Joel uh, prophesied, and we're gonna see God's spirit poured out, and we're gonna see those miracles, signs, and wonders. In, in, the, in, the, in the process though, uh, like I preached last night, Jesus says, do you really have faith? In other words, when you're praying for people, you're not seeing the kind of real miracles that, that you're looking for, that, that we read about in the Bible. Are you gonna keep contending for that moment when it does pour out and we're gonna be ready. And I've seen a lot of miracles. You know, I've prayed for pe- dead babies that have come to life. Wow. I've prayed for people, several people that have had cancer that, that got instantly healed. I've seen tumors, massive tumors dissolve in front of me. Come on, man. Uh, last week, man, one of my um, um, pioneer workers, man, uh, covered in complete welts all over his body, his face, prayed for him and instantly went away. Uh, right there and on the spot. And so I've experienced several miracles, you know, myself where people have prayed for me, um, you know, and so, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, we're not seeing, you know, going, everybody that we're praying for is getting healed, but, you know, I, I believe we're going to step into that, you know, and then there's, there, there is a lot of miracles happening, you know, that a lot of times we're just looking at dead people being raised from the dead, right. you know, right. and so, but people, you know, people's bones are getting healed. Backs are getting healed. People are getting healed from, um, um, you know, uh, uh, delivered from addictions, all kinds of stuff, you know? Mm. And so that's the real miracle to me. I've, I've prayed for people that had AIDS. The guy got radically healed one day to the next. He never served God. He took off with his miracle. Um, and then I've seen the miracle of men and women come into church that were on antidepressants since they were nine years old. Um, no kids because the state took them, uh, junkies. And today they're ushers in the church. And I walk into church and I'm like, that's, that's a miracle. (laughs) That's a huge miracle. But, but I get what you're saying. I I believe, I believe we're going to begin to see a lot of more, a lot more of that in these last days.
0: You know, I have to agree with you. There's a reason why God brought me back to that uh, that memory, mm. uh, because when you have unbelief, you know that stuff's like cancer in itself, man. It'll spread out. You can talk a good talk, you know what I mean, but if you have an um, if you have unbelief, even in the smallest measure, it'll grow out into the other places of your of your of your faith. You know what I mean? These areas where you believe that you have dominion. And the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up is because you're going to be praying for the sick later on today. Mm-hmm. And I have to confess that the minute that you said that, bro, that memory came back again, man. Mm. And it, oh, and I noticed something this time when it popped up. Como, it was almost as if I was completely disarmed. Mm. You know what I mean? And I didn't like that, bro. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't going to work, man. This is not going to work. So for whatever reason, and I know I have a good idea, but of course, you know, God and his greatness, he, can, <laughs> he always goes this way when you think he's going that way. But... God's dealing with that in me because this is going to be the year where there's going to be a whole lot of this activity going on. And if I'm going to be, if I'm going to, uh, re- if I'm going to rest my faith on this one memory, I'm not going to be able to do anything yeah. for God as far as, you know, releasing his healing upon people. Um, uh, I think it was pastor Wayman Mitchell. Um, he had said that, uh, churches are built by, uh, uh, healings, healing, and um, what did he say? By the power of healing and signs and miracles is how his ch- our churches are built, strong ones, right? And I was like, wow, man! And that's true because that's what Jesus was doing when he was walking the earth. The reason why there was people following him by the masses is not only because he had the word of life, but he had the power of God following him everywhere, miracles, signs and wonders, right? And this is how he established uh you know the kingdom on the earth so without further ado when i look at that I'm, i know that god's dealing with me in that area and the minute you said that you were going to pray for the sick, he surfaced it back up only this time he showed me what it does to me completely and i actually felt it so i gotta ask the crowd you know just and i'm along with you guys you know what's your memory you know what 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 was that time when when god came and you stood out in faith and nothing happened, what did he do to you? Mm-hmm. Did you know that at this time, God is dealing with us in this area? He's like, look, there's a reason why. And you mentioned, Pastor, that, and it might've been my pride. Now that I look back, man, I, I, it, it, it was a good possibility because the heart is deceitful above all things, man. Mm-hmm. Just when you think you're doing things with good intent, you, you you might not know yourself as good as you think you do. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's always some things that behind the scenes that are at work that, you know, you just don't want to look at. But on the coup, you're really doing it to be seen. We live in that day and age and, uh, you know, we're taking selfies and everything's all about us, us, us. Right. But um, God is looking for men and women that are not about them, that are willing to step out so that God can get all the glory. Not 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 80 percent. Yeah.
1: You know, all of it. (laughs) I, I, I tend to look at things a little differently when it comes to things that work and don't work. Right. And so, you know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, even Jesus walked into a city and, and no miracles happen, you know? And so, um, I, I'm kind of like the, uh, the way I like to think is I pray for people that don't get healed all the time, you know, uh, probably a lot more that don't get healed that do get healed. But, uh, I like to always think it's the next one that's going to get healed, you know? And so I don't, I don't tend to get discouraged because someone didn't get healed. I don't know all the dynamics. Um, but I love, I, I, I tell myself this next person could be the one that gets raised raised from the wheelchair. It could be the, the one that gets healed from cancer mm-hmm. because I have seen it several times. So when and, and, and where, and what time do they get healed? It's not up to me to figure out. And I can't stop doing something because I didn't see the results that I thought I had because I had good intentions, right? Or because because again, what that does um, to me, right? I can only speak of myself. If I, if I view it that way, then it's a personal attack against my faith. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I'm doing this for you and you're not moving for me, wow. you know? And wow. so it becomes personal. If you're doing it for God, then God's gonna heal whenever He's ready to heal, and it's not up to us to figure out when. You know. When I look at the pride factor, you know, and you
0: can correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. I'm, I might be. I might be totally off on this. I don't want to, you know, uh, go left on something that isn't right. So, uh, it, do you think that pride could be like a kind of unbelief because it, you're kind of focusing it on on your ability and not actual faith in God? Uh, performing the miracle. If I approach a, a, a man or a woman, let's just say or whoever, and I'm like, you know what, Jesus is gonna heal you right now, man. I believe it. But um and but I'm really doing it for me so that you can look at me a certain way. So I go to pray, right? But I'm relying on myself in pride.
1: So could that be uh could that be a kind of unbelief, pride? I, I think it's kind of a hindrance, you know, because again, if you take it personal then you're not gonna do it again right right? it's like you let me down type deal at a you know approach to it so um you know you all all of us have unbelief you know there's that side that man is it gonna happen or not you know right but we step out in faith so if you're doing it you have faith you have great faith you know because i don't there's not a whole lot of people that pray for people you know (laughs) right and so you have amazing faith but again it, it it goes back to especially me and you man that, that we're from the streets where we take everything personal everything's viewed through the eyes of rejection right. and if we're not careful we put that same blanket on god you right. know and or that same jacket right like okay god's the same as everybody else and he let me down when i put myself out there right. or you embarrass me right you know right and That's a uh, one. yeah and so now it's now it's personal now you're wounded you know so your pride gets wounded right and 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 but again you know it's it's you take everything personal and so man i'm, I'm embarrassed now i'm not gonna do that again you it's for what so you can embarrass me Golly. so it's just about us when when it's at that point right so god sometimes will uh, allow you to not see things to show you things that are inside about yourself yeah you know and so Ooh, deep, and uh, and not always you know right. everybody's right. different obviously not everybody's from the streets you right. know so right. Uh, but, um, I, I think just personally speaking, being able to answer that, um, I, and then the other side is you have to be able to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to keep contending. And, uh, my, my job is just, you just want to use my hands. Like you said in the beginning of this, where his hands, right? Well, if you stop using your hands because you got embarrassed or, 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 or hurt because God didn't move, then, then the enemy or our pride, um, is going to accomplish what it wanted to, you know? And so, uh, when I'm out there, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. Like you're going to get healed, right, right. you know? And that's how I pray for everybody. Right. And I think when you have that kind of confidence, people believe that you're connected to God. Right. right? And so, uh, and, and that's how I tried, you know, always to pray for people. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to get in my mind, you're going to get healed, right. you know? And so I learned that from pastor Mitchell. You know and so um i think it's important you know that if you're gonna be doing this especially a year of this mm-hmm. that you say god i'm gonna move out of the way and i'm an instrument if you want to use me use me i'll put myself out there embarrassment I'll, I'll get embarrassed all you know uh, as much as i need to mm-hmm. you know if things don't happen and then you kind of approach it differently you know
0: well you said that like when you approach people you come with that full assurance and i've noticed and and this is a spiritual dynamic uh, that's very true. And I and, and I only learned it because I seen pastor Campbell walking in it, pastor Rosario, uh, you know, um, pastor club, you know what I mean? They'll come and they'll be like, okay, so somebody got a back issue or something like this. Right. And I'm, and I'm watching, but they, they're not wavering at all. They're like, come on, walk on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Walk, walk on it. B- bend over. And it's not a doubt in their mind. What do they bend over and hurt themselves? I'm yeah. thinking like, right, what do they get all jacked up by bending <laughs> over? And I'm, th- But they never do. Mm. But when the man of God comes with that full assurance and faith that they're going to get healed, it does something to the under in- other individual. So what I see happening, it creates an atmosphere of faith, a safe place for that person to come and believe and hope that God will do exactly what the man of God is saying he's going to do. Yeah and it inspires them to believe that god can heal and it's such a profound and very powerful thing to watch but i'm done watching man you know what i mean like i'm like okay god you know it's all about the people and it's all about you but i just don't i just i i don't want to i don't want to step out and not see people get healed because they're coming to you with faith and hope you know what i'm saying and and, and if they walk off you know and i and i've been studying this for a little while now some people got uh unforgiveness like you were saying when um your 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 stepfather yeah right uh, my, I, my
1: daughter yeah
0: mm-hmm. so you know what i mean it's like you got to forgive and he's like no you know what I mean and we're gonna air this so we're not going to go into that but it's just there's a lot of dynamics that you say that that are not really seen uh, just, just at the moment. Sometimes God reveals them and the person gets healed. Yeah. But this will be the year that the church is, is being challenged to step out for miracle signs and wonders. And I just wanted to bring that up, that God brought me to that memory because he's ready to deal with that. And we're going to be doing this in service tonight. But what, what I'm coming into service with a new mind frame today, awesome. you know.
1: So when you think of uh men of that were used in a powerful way in healing in our fellowship, who do you think of who would be like the top guy Pastor Campbell by far Pastor Campbell, okay, so I would think Pastor Mitchell mm-hmm. right because he did healing crusades he right. you know um uh you know, and then down to me then it would go to other men, right, right. Pastor Campbell for sure being up there.
0: Um I'm fairly new to the fellowship. All yeah, yeah. Like-
1: so most of us, if you ask anyone who's been around for any amount of time, uh, you know, would we would automatically think of Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He did healing crusades. That's what he did most of most of the year, you know, all around the world. Um, but if you know his story, in the beginning when he first started praying for people, they wouldn't get healed. And so then he stopped praying for people for for a little while because he felt that, that was just a special gift that only some people got. Wow. And so then he began to tap back into it and he began to see miracles. And then the thing just exploded to a worldwide ministry. So, you know, in the, in the beginning, it could be so many things, you know, uh, I, I tried to not think of all, all of that, but it could be God trying to teach you something. Uh, it could be the devil trying to put that in you so that you lose faith uh, it could be the, the person you're praying for is, is a devil <laughs> you right, know? Right. and so there's so many different things right. you, you have to, when I pray for people, you know, now, uh, that, you know, my, my ministry is a little bit more, um, mature, you know, um, God will speak to me about people. You know, I was praying for a lady last night at, at the altar. She had pain on her uh, right side and her hip. And the moment I was going to pray for it, God spoke to me and told me that somebody had given her a bracelet mm-hmm. and that, uh, I told her that's when the pain started and she said, well, the only one that's giving me a bracelet is my mother-in-law oh. and I said, well, <laughs> just go home and throw it, you that's know? It. And uh, so I said, I'm going to pray for you. She got healed. Wow. Man. So, but that bracelet triggered her to believe, you know, like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay. Right. How does he know that, right. you know? So. God, God will show you, but, but man, I've been praying for people for 20 something years, you know? So, uh, but I remember in the beginning praying for people and not people not getting healed, you know? And so thinking something was wrong with me. Right. And, uh, and that's when God showed me personally. I mean, this isn't for everybody, but me, you know, it's just uh, back then I wasn't really doing it so God could get glory, you know? Right. So I think today, man, you have to remove yourself and Put yourself out there at the same time, which is very difficult to balance. Right, you know, when when you come from rejection and all that, you know, and so we take everything so personal.
0: I like, I like, I like the word of God when it says you have to come like a little child, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's God makes it easy for
1: us, you know. Yeah, but we got we got robbed of our childhood. We did, so we don't know what a child is. Truth, you That's know? the truth. I mean, I at least me, I got robbed of my childhood, you yeah. know. I, I don't know how to come to him as a child because I was never really a child you right, know
0: right
1: I, I was forced to grow up into the streets at a very young age you know like you said it's the only way to get respect that's you true you know true. so but yeah no and God re, re, retrains us uh, and re, and and helps us and in develop into that's why we need our pastors that's why God will tell your pastor hey put him in that area because I know he prayed he's a man of prayer and, uh, and God knows what you need that is you know right, man. Because we think, man, he's going to ask me to preach next Wednesday. And you man. know? Amen, <laughs> hey, brother. And uh, he's like, yeah, go in that little dark room and yeah. and, and go put away some cables and, yeah. and run things for, for the main sound guy. <laughs> right, right. Do what he tells you to do. Yeah. What? <laughs> do what he tells you to do. Oh, come on. Which is why we ended up in jail, right? I, I never went to prison. I went to jail a lot, but because uh, I didn't want to listen to anybody, I didn't want to take orders, you know? Authority problem. Yeah, major, major authority problem. So.
0: Yeah, that uh, that landed me. I went to T Y C when I was ten, right, mm. and I stayed till I was sixteen, um, because I had an authority problem. My dad was uh was square business, uh, you know, a cocaine addict, uh, drunk. Uh, he was a uh, he was quite the beast, man. You know what I mean. And uh, so we grew up kind of we grew up kind of rough. You know what I mean. But uh, those uh, the guys are really familiar with the with with my with my testimony as well. But like you said, we were robbed of that. But it's 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 amazing how God says, you know, there's a man that walked up to Jesus and said, What do I have to do to do the works of God? Mm. Just like that. And Jesus was like, Just believe in the one he sent.
1: That's yeah. yeah. it. That's simple.
0: That's it. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's it. I can do it. I can do it for you. Just gotta believe me. Like, wow. You know? When you think of the stuff like that, you're like amazing. But I do I do give thanks for for the leaders in our fellowship especially when I first showed up, I had a very hard time adjusting to that yeah. because when I was in prison, you kind of had to run. There is no pastors or none of that, you know what I mean? It's, so you're kind of just uh, running on the Holy Ghost to kind of, you know, help you save souls. Uh, so when I came into a, a, a disciplined, structured environment, the, the church environment, I was, I was kind of shocked by it. You know, I didn't understand it. But by the grace of God, I give thanks that, you know, he put me here I'm here for a reason. So this, is it. this will be the year of miracles, signs, and wonders. And uh, I just want to thank God that, you know, we're going to step into this type of uh, this type of anointing and, and to see a great harvest come out of this because if you're not doing it to save souls, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. Mm. And uh, I'm ready to win some souls for Jesus this year again. Amen. So if there's anything that you would like to say to to the viewers, man, like something that's been on your heart that you feel uh you know needs to be said or needs to be heard what, what would it be
1: you know I, I i think god's putting a new burden into people right now for for lost souls you know the america's never been so lost in the sense of where people have no direction they have no one to follow um we need leaders and and what i mean by leaders is just someone that'll go out there and and win a soul and and care uh, we, this generate, you know, my generation makes a lot of fun of uh, of this generation, you know, and how weak they are, how lost they are. Um, but as Christians, we're called to figure that out. We have to figure out a way to reach these people, uh, you know, quit making fun of them, uh, you know, because of their skinny jeans or whatever they wear, right? Whatever is said, you know, today um, that's different than when we grew up. Um, it's It's a different time uh, and so you have to be willing to reach them. there's they're, they're a digital um, uh, you know generation they' they they think differently than we do and so we have to get a burden for them and uh, and figure out a way to win this generation. And so that's what that's what I would say is we we need that new fresh, burden of, of reaching souls and not just going out and looking for guys with tattoos, you know. Right. right. But reaching everybody and, and and everybody has tattoos today. So yeah <laughs> nerds, yeah, geeks, yeah. Everybody. gangsters, everybody. Whether, whether it's Frodo or, <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> so, Star Trek, they're yeah, getting them. We need to stop looking, uh judging people by how they look and start reaching into their hearts. Man. Amen. You know. Amen.
0: Well, thank you, Pastor Gutierrez Absolutely. for coming in. Man, right. thank you for blessing us. You guys who tuned in, man, I pray that you guys got blessed by this. I pray that you, uh, that you got uh, some type of insight, some type of knowledge, wisdom, understanding. But before we go, I just got to give the invitation. That, you know, this is, you know, we have to do it. If you listen to this podcast and there was something that's, that was said, and perhaps maybe you were that person that, that, that some man of God prayed for you and you didn't get healed, man, I mean, I just, I, I got to say this. God can heal you. I, I'm, I'm stepping out in faith with you. And look at me, man. I was damaged back then. But you know what? I'm stepping into a year this year where I'm believing God for the, for the, for the great things, man, that, that that I was robbed from early on. God can heal you. If this is you today and you feel like, man, you know, you want to get healed, you, wanna, you want to you step into that place of faith again and that assurance, man, it could be today. But before anything else, man, I want to give you an invitation to know Christ. If you're listening to this podcast segment... And, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. What I mean is that you have sin in your life and that sin, the Bible says, separates you from God. And there's going to be the day of reckoning where God is going to come judge the world according to what they have done, said, thought, those those are sins, lies, uh, lusting, all these things, right? That's sin that separates you from God. But this is an opportunity for you. God said, you know what? I loved you so much that I've paid the price for you to get rid of that sin. I can cover that sin for you and you won't be held accountable. You won't be guilty of that sin. I can set you free from the power of that sin. I can set you free today. And he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he died on the cross. To take away that separation, that sin, he'll take it away so that you can draw near to God and get to know your father. If that's you here today, you know, just bow your head and repeat after me. Father God, I know that I've done wrong and I'm sorry. I know that I have sin. Forgive me, God. I want to be changed. Fill my heart with your spirit, God, and change me forever. I'm ready to move on with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So without further ado, man, we love you guys here at the Real Life Podcast. I pray that you got blessed. Until next time, serve God.